1959 was just the 10th season of Formula One. It featured eight races on the calendar, and rear-engine cars had only recently become the norm. The season kicked off in May at the prestigious Monaco circuit and ended in the United States in December. Heading into the last Grand Prix of the year at Florida's Sebring Raceway, Aussie Jack Brabham was on the verge of his first championship. Racing for the Cooper Car Company, Jack only needed to finish ahead of his two closest rivals to secure an F1 crown. On the final lap of the race, Jack was in the lead. His closest title threat, Tony Brooks, was on his heels, pushing up the grid. And then, every driver's worst nightmare became Jack Brabham's reality. He ran out of fuel. Hi, I'm Tony Armstrong, and this is The Pool Room, where we celebrate the winners, losers, and the weird stuff between. Jack Brabham loved engines. He learned to drive at 12 years old and was working on cars and studying mechanical engineering by 15. Three years later, he was a flight mechanic in the Air Force during World War II. After that, he ran a small repair shop behind his grandfather's house. But even then, becoming a racing driver wasn't on his radar. The first time a friend took him to a speed car race, he thought the whole thing was pretty wild. To be fair, those tiny cars flying around the dirt track were death traps back in the day. Safety was kind of an afterthought, I guess. But eventually, Jack started to see things differently. Jack's mate Johnny was a driver himself. Jack went to watch him race a few times until one day when Johnny asked if he wanted to build a new car together. Jack agreed, and the pair got to work. About five months later, the custom-built speed car was finished. Initially, it was Johnny behind the wheel, until his wife convinced him to give the dangerous sport away. Now here was Jack with the car and no driver. There was only one thing to do but hop in the driver's seat. Jack may have been an expert mechanic, but he was still a novice driver. Knowing his way around an engine surely helped, though, because he managed his first win in just his third race. From there, Jack never looked back. He continued winning, stepping up to bigger and tougher competitions, until speed cars just weren't challenging enough. Jack moved on to hill climbing. Yep, that's still a motorsport, and that gave him a taste for road racing. He competed around Australia and New Zealand before being lured to Europe, where a career in Formula One beckoned. Jack Brabham made his F1 debut in 1955, racing for British team Cooper. It took him a while to adjust, so he also spent time in Formula 2, honing his racecraft on Europe's challenging circuits. But by 1959, Jack had become a serious contender for the F1 Drivers' Championship. He started the season strongly, winning at Monaco one of the world's hardest races. He placed second and third in the next two before winning the British Grand Prix. 
Jack could have had the championship wrapped up early if it wasn't for the Germany and Portugal GPs. He was forced to retire from both. Third place at Monza got him back on track, but the season was still up for grabs in the last Grand Prix of 1959 in the USA. It was an unusual three months between races until the season finale, but the first ever Grand Prix in the United States was worth waiting for. Three men were still in contention for an F1 championship. Jack Brabham with a five and a half point lead ahead of Sterling Moss and Tony Brooks two and a half points behind him. The weekend wasn't off to a good start for Jack. He crashed his Cooper in practice and spent the whole night fixing the car. In qualifying, Sterling Moss got pole position. Jack was second and Tony Brooks fourth. To claim the championship, Jack had to either finish first or at least ahead of Moss and Brooks. Moss had to place first or second in front of Jack. And for Brooks, it was do or die. He'd need to win and rely on other results. Race day arrived. Starting on pole saw Moss set the pace early, leading the grid. Brooks was the first challenger to falter. He collided with the Ferrari on lap one and dropped way behind. He never recovered. Jack's job just got a little easier. Meanwhile, Moss was flying, at least for the first six laps. He made contact with two other cars, which saw him enter the pits. A mechanical failure meant he had to retire. The championship was Jack's for the taking. With cars retiring one by one, Jack stormed ahead, but he still had to contend with his Cooper teammate Bruce McLaren. The pair battled for the lead, but surprisingly kept things pretty civil. It all came down to the final lap. Jack had gone into the race with a light fuel load, giving the Cooper a small advantage in speed and acceleration, but no strategy in Formula One comes without a risk. As Jack pushed for the win, his car suddenly began to sputter and rapidly slow down. Running out of fuel is perhaps the most embarrassing way for a driver to bow out of a race, but that's exactly the scenario Jack Brabham was now facing in Florida. His car came to a complete stop short of the finish line as his competitors flew past him. With Moss and Brooks out of the picture, Jack had the championship in the bag. But now, he was fighting for his own pride. Jack got out of the car and began to push. It was pure grit and determination. He pushed his Cooper the last few hundred metres down the track and rolled over the finish line. Jack had finished the race in fourth place and won his first Formula One Drivers' Championship. He collapsed beside his car, exhausted, Jack Brabham was a world champion. Jack went on to win two more F1 crowns, the third being won in a car of his own making. His success helped solidify rear engines as the norm in Formula One, forever changing motor racing as we know it. Sir Jack Brabham, a world champion and Aussie champion. Thanks for hanging out in the ballroom. I'm Tony Armstrong, and you've been listening to an iHeart production. 
See you next time for another story from the wonderful world of sport. Catch up.